You're listening to Stories of Hope, a Bible discovery podcast. Hey, Casey, how are you doing? Hey, Amy, I'm doing all right. So I'm looking forward to this week's story. This is one of my favorites because I always think, how did he do that? <laughs> I know. Is he breaking the laws of physics or does he know physics so much better than we do that somehow he knows how to manipulate it? That's what I want to know. So we're back with another Stories of Hope Bible Discovery podcast. And this week, we are looking at Jesus walking on water. So Amy, can you briefly remind us what uh, last week's story was all about? Yes, and it actually was just one story before this. So they're both from the sixth chapter of John, and John wrote about Jesus feeding more than 5,000 people. Um, it's the story is known as feeding the 5,000, but from the way they count numbers back then, we know that it was at least 5,000, mm-hmm. um, could be as many as three times that amount, um, depending on how many women and children were there. So now immediately after this, um, Jesus, um, finishes up talking and having this miracle happen. And then another crazy thing happens. Yeah. So He has to run off to the mountain by himself because the people were about to go and make him king for all the wrong reasons, it would appear. (laughs) And so he he leaves. He just immediately leaves the crowd. And so that's where we pick up today's story. Jesus has left. He's gone up on the mountain probably to pray because that seems to be what he does whenever he gets alone. And so he can go talk to his father. And that's where we pick up today. So... Always with our Bible Discovery podcast, we do exactly the same format. Can you briefly tell us what's first? So we read the story. We put the story in our own words, and then we ask the same set of questions. So the first thing we do is read the story. Casey, are you going to be the one to read today? Yes, I would love to read today's story. So we continue this week in John chapter 6. I'm going to read from the ESV, the English Standard Version. There are many different translations. Um, Today we are just continuing to highlight uh, the story from the ESV. But you can share in your comments um, some other, if there's any differences in the version that you know or you are reading. Exactly. So we're going to start in verse 16, and I will read down to verse 21. So when evening came, Jesus' disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. And then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. All right, so I'll try to put this in my own words. So after this, that after what happened with the feeding of 5,000, that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the large lake, Um, to set off across to Capernaum. And when it was dark, Jesus still hadn't come to them. Um, And 
the sea got rougher and rougher because the strong wind started blowing and they were out at least three miles when they saw Jesus coming to them and what he was walking on the water. And of course, of course they were frightened. um, But he said, it is me. It's me. Don't be afraid. And they immediately got excited and let him on the boat. And then they realized that suddenly they were on the land. They were to the land that they were going to. Okay. So before we start our discussion, is there any uh, informational kind of details here that we need to bring out? I don't think so. I mean, there's obviously like you could know what the boats were like then or like what this what this large mm-hmm. lake is like and all of that. But, you know, I I don't think you need to know it that everybody knows what it's like to ha- be in a windstorm. Um, everybody knows that it's impossible to walk on water mm-hmm. and that there's definitely some supernatural stuff going on. Yeah. So I think that's pretty universally every culture would be like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Sea of Galilee was known for having sudden squalls come up. Uh, but these were guys who had fished this lake their whole life. Right. So, you know, they fished it their whole life. It's not like there was anything overly surprising about this. But right. other than Jesus had not come to them and then mm-hmm. suddenly he's just taking a stroll out on the water. Yes. Yeah, they, they were probably expecting him to have some kind of intercept boat meet them, um, but not just him needing some more alone time. You know, I can appreciate <laughs> that. I, I really appreciate alone time. I've never tried to go for a walk on the water. but Well, and I think that, I mean, with the way John has it set up, he's not just casually walking on water this is apparently jesus following up with his disciples like he's he showed himself powerful to a big crowd and now he's Mm -hmm. showing himself in a different way very powerful to his smaller group of people okay so yeah not really a lot of information here that Mm -mm. we need for this story so but transitioning to the questions that we ask what does this say about god well, the big one is he does not seem to be limited by the standard laws of physics. <laughs> yes, and the or the abilities of humans to deal with mm-hmm. physics. Um, yeah, this is definitely one of those moments where Jesus is being is showing his divinity. Yeah, there are elements about the physical world that physics talks about that I find intriguing. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the most intriguing things is physicists talk about a complete standard model of the universe, which is just the giant way to describe everything. <laughs> and there's still a lot of missing data. Right. Yeah. So how Jesus did this is supernatural. How that actually played out, like, I have no idea. It's obviously a mystery, but... I'm glad somebody got to see it. Right. Um, and I think that that's one of the... The wonderful thing about miracles to me is that it shows that the universe is bigger than the mundane everyday, what we expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why people are drawn to stories where where magic happens, where mm. um, where something that, you know, where they, 
an apple falls off a tree and goes up instead of down. Yeah. Um, where a princess can be asleep for a hundred years and wake up and it be like she was never asleep. Um, these are things that we know would, would never happen except for our brains are able to think what if. Mm-hmm. And then when, when those what if kind of things happen in real life, it is it gets your attention. And yeah. I think that that's one of the things that Jesus in these miracle stories is it makes us think about all the what ifs and just the, the universe is bigger yeah. than what, than what we see every day. Because not only did he walk on water, mm-hmm. suddenly they're transported to where they're going. Right. And that's the more subtle so, thing. Like most people talk about him walking on water and that's like the title. But I honestly yeah. find that like See, just I as can, intriguing. I can get my head around that one. Teleportation. <laughs> little wormhole action, maybe. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But I can I can plausibly think through how them suddenly making it to the other side of the shore would work. But yeah. Like, even to the point that they're so shocked that they make zero memories until they get to land. Like, I could totally see that being a possibility. Yes. But it's not typical. (laughs) No. (laughs) So we see here Jesus exhibiting qualities as the God of the universe who made the universe. Mm -hmm. So he knows the rules. Right. All of them. The ones we have not discovered yet. Exactly. Um. Do we learn anything else about God here? Honestly, I there's some implications about Jesus' personality that it's. I wonder how much of it's the humanness of it and how much is the divine. But I like how he has some kind of balance in his life where he's like with the crowds, and then he needs to get alone, and then he wants to spend time with his close companions. Um. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jesus is the per- perfected version of that combination of God and man. Um, but I think that that does show an element of what God expects from us. Like, yes, we congregate in church. Um, and that is important. And we all have experienced the lack of gathering, um, that that seems to be how humans were made. Um, but that he also wants one-on-one time and he wants small group time Mm. too. Um, yeah, I think that's just one of those, when you see how those stories, and, and elsewhere in the Gospels, how those stories lay out, it's he's not always with the crowd. Exactly. So I think there's more we could talk about, you know, the nature of God, the nature of uh, his ability to intrude into the mundane and make apples fly up instead of fall down. Um, Not that we have a story like that in the Bible. That's the thing no, is how yeah. like he doesn't mess with things just to mess with them. He's not just one of those magician wonder workers. Look at me. Look at me. Like no, he, he has a purpose right. with everything that he does. Yeah. Every miracle, every act uh, that Jesus exhibits over nature is to show that he is the God of the earth, the heavens, and under the earth, that he he owns all of this, that he has authority in every aspect of creation, either to direct it mm-hmm. or to reverse brokenness in it. Um, they're very specific. He's mm-hmm. not arbitrarily creating things. Right. Um, this is, each time is designed to show mastery over what exists. 
And so we're seeing here that Jesus is displaying Godhood right. over the ocean, mm-hmm. over the wind, right. and even over the space of the earth itself. Right. And space so, time is a little wonky here. <laughs> so I think subtly this mm-hmm. is important because theologically it harkens back mm-hmm. to the creation account where God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and then he filled them. Right. Uh, this is all related to his divine right mm-hmm. to rule. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on to our um, questions that we always ask to understand mm-hmm. how we should react to um, this kind of passage. Is there anything in here that is a sin that we should avoid? I don't see any sins. No, this is definitely a, a Jesus moment and yeah. he's... Perfect. And this Not is an example. a reference of a sin. Right, exactly. So we can move on from that. Okay. Um, is there a promise here that is either being made or being fulfilled? I don't see one explicitly being made. Um, do you see one that is possibly being fulfilled here? Again, this is showing Jesus as the Son of God, um, that he is God. He is showing that, that promise of the coming one that's throughout the prophets and the um, and yeah, all the wisdom literature and everything that we, we have from the past, it points mm-hmm. to him. Um, I can't think of a specific reference to his, his, um, walking on water, but definitely his mastery of the mm-hmm. created world. Yeah. You could tie this back maybe a little bit to some of the signs that Elisha worked out. That's like true. the floating of the ax head. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have possibly been a type anti-type moment here, mm-hmm. but I cannot think of a scripture that says, and the Messiah will walk on water. Right. But now this story has become so popular that it seems that this has captured the popular mind of, of what that, mm-hmm. what it means to be Jesus. Which then brings us to example. Yes. So we've seen here a good example of Jesus's divine attributes, his authority mm-hmm. uh, in as, creation. But as an we, example to follow. Yeah, an example to follow. Uh, I mean, the only other people in this story are his students. Right. So show up, show up for class. <laughs> Don't forget to get in the boat. Uh, no, I think... I think a good example here is how they were afraid Mm -hmm. and they still responded to Jesus when he announced who he was. And, you know, it's not like I'm not a ghost out here. I'm not an apparition. I'm not, you know, some other whatever you think I am. Yeah. He's like, it's me. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, come Come on in. Get in the boat. boat. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus ever comes walking up to you on a lake. Let him in. Yeah, I honestly think that, I mean, that is a very quick example, but it is an example of faith of that when God does weird things that we choose to let him in anyway, in our hearts, in our lives. Just go with it. Go with it. (laughs) (laughs) And that speaks a lot of trust. I think that we, um, we like to keep people and, and God at an arm's length where we feel like we have control and they definitely didn't have the luxury of control in the situation and they did go with it we don't know what was going on in their minds at the time Mm -hmm. but they did go with it so yeah not really 
any other characters here to explore an example with. So, uh, command. I mean, again, when there, I can't think of him saying, and he just says, this is who I am. And they responded in faith. They responded in trust. And in that case, it's a great example, but it's not a command. It's a natural reaction to someone who has a faith relationship with God and with Jesus. And so, yeah, I don't think there's a straight command. Can you think of anything other than... No, nothing has been said. The Mm -hmm. only thing I see implied is Jesus's authority over nature. Once again, him giving command that he's. But we don't hear that. I think this falls under the category of need to know, and his disciples obviously did not need to know how he was making things happen outside of the ordinary or the instantaneous. And I think, you know, there's something there for that that we as people sometimes need to learn is we don't always get to know all the details true i think if we tried to and we've seen this people who try to learn all the details try to learn all the information often miss the relationship right they miss the big points when they can't see the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest exactly mm-hmm Whichever direction you're looking at the foliage. Yes, exactly. And we kind of covered this when we were talking about the character of God, because this is definitely a relationship of Jesus' relationship with his humanity and divinity. But what does this passage say about humanity? Well, I mean, top of my head, (laughs) humans don't get to break the laws of physics. Right. So there's that. Right. So he's definitely not only human. He's definitely Mm -hmm. showing, like, again, that whole balance in his life where there's crowds, Mm -hmm. there's alone time, there's small groups, um, that, that, that is a human cycle need that we Mm -hmm. can't be on all the time. Um, and, but, but then I think also we're talking about the disciples and the reaction, like it's normal and typical for people to be afraid of what they don't understand. Yes, and somebody comes walking up to you on a lake, you're allowed to be afraid. Right, exactly. Um, but they choose to show trust in Jesus and that, that humans are capable of responding in faith. That that's yes. not, that is a choice that we can make. Trust doesn't come from having all the information. Mm, yeah. Trust comes from the strength of the relationship. Yes. Um, I think that they've experienced some things with him. I mean, they just experienced him multiplying food and making sure that everyone had more than they needed, that this is a possibility mm-hmm. um, to broaden their horizons of what possibility is when it comes to Jesus. Yeah. Yes. I don't think we've touched even 1% of the things we could talk about when you're looking at a story where Normal, everyday humans encounter God in the flesh, and he shows part of his glory. All of those possibilities of what does this say about humanity, we could talk about those at length. That could be its own podcast series, but I would invite you, uh, our listeners, leave us a comment or a message, you know, give us some feedback. What do you think? It says about humanity when we encounter God and we're still a little afraid, but there's just enough trust there to say, okay, get into the boat. Mm, Good point. Now, the last question that we usually ask is, um, what 
type of situation, which person would you tend to share this story with? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this story is one of the classics. Yeah. It's very short, very short. And unfortunately, I think it often gets relegated to children's story. Yeah. This is a very common story that's told to children. Um, However, in this day and age, there's plenty of adults who have never actually heard the story. They get the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, they th- might think that Jesus just walked on water all the time. Um, but they they might not know the context of it yeah. or the... Um, or the or yeah, the actual story, what happened. So maybe it could be in a situation where you're, you know, someone who doesn't have much of a Bible background and mm-hmm. that reference comes up, you might clarify. Yeah, it, this is um, this is just one of those stories that is ingrained in Western culture. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I can't think of anybody specific. I think it, it would have to be a matter of where is the spirit leading in right. this? And I mean, also it might be a situation where you're in a boat with someone or there's a windstorm or something like that. And you can just choose that moment to be a storyteller. Yeah. The airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually the, it's not this particular version of the story, but I did tell this story, um, on a, a similar story. Um, when I was in a airplane that was trying to land in the middle of a terrible, um, tornado ridden, um, thunderstorm. And I, it was the closest thing I've ever felt to feeling like we might not make it. And the, the turbulence was so bad. Um, I, I, I was just shaken in my boots and I had struck up a conversation with the lady next to me before all of this went down. And, Lo and behold, when we got scared enough, I was like, started praying out loud. But then I told the story while I was praying. I told the story to Jesus back to him. And I said, um, when you calmed the raging sea, <laughs> um, when you were with your disciples in the boat and the storm got really bad and you told them to calm the raging sea, it listened to you. So I'm asking you to calm my heart mm-hmm. and uh, also to calm the turbulence that we're going for that the, mm. the pilots would have be able to to um, get us to a safe place and that he would calm the storm and it was a violent storm and and we it took us a long time to be able to land because they had to clear the runway of debris but um, we did make it and I sure enough did tell a story about Jesus calming some <laughs> some choppy waters so yeah if you guys have any uh, other ideas, on who maybe needs to hear this story. Like always, give us a comment, uh, send us a message. Uh, however you want to do that, let us know. Yeah, short story today, uh, but a lot of powerful implications here. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, what do we have to look forward to next week? So, I love this one, find it very interesting. Jesus it heals a man who's been blind since birth, and... Um, That's awesome. Yeah, we're glad that you joined us this week. Um, We look forward to hearing from you, reading your comments and the feedback that you give us. And until then, we'll see you later. Bye. You've been listening to Stories of Hope, a Bible discovery podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.bible-ekunden.da forward slash hope.